Hey folks, welcome back to the Preacher's Devo podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout the podcast, I offer an analysis of the content found in the Heidelberg Catechism. I have picked the Heidelberg Catechism for its easy-to-follow structure of 52 Lord's Days. Altogether, the Heidelberg Catechism consists of 129 questions and answers. Today we are in episode number 29 and in Lord's Day 29, and we will explore question 78 and 79 and its answers. If you recall from previous weeks, we've been talking about the sacraments of the church. Now, of course, we are talking about the sacraments of the church through the lenses of a Reformed view. As a reminder, Heidelberg is a city located in southwest Germany. In the 15th and 16th centuries, Heidelberg played a crucial role in what is known as the Reformation. Both Luther and Calvin traveled to Heidelberg at different times. As stated in previous podcasts, the Reformation was a reaction to the Roman Catholic Church, its doctrines and beliefs. The differences between such beliefs are obviously seen in the sacraments. And today is but another significant example. Lord's Day 29 begins with this question. Are then the bread and wine changed into the real body and blood of Christ? If you recall from last week in our analysis of the Catholic view of the Lord's Supper, that is the Roman Catholic stance that the real body and blood of Christ are present in the Lord's Supper. The Heidelberg Catechism gives a firm answer. It says no. Just as the water of baptism is not changed into the blood of Christ, and it's not the washing away of sins itself, but it is simply God's sign and pledge, so also the bread in the Lord's Supper does not become the body of Christ itself, although it is called Christ's body in keeping with the nature and usage of sacraments. Part of the rebuttal from the Reformed view is that the Lord's Supper is not a means of grace. In other words, that something you can do to earn your salvation or earn God's righteousness. So one of the verses that is given in Lord's Day 29 is Titus chapter 3 verse 5, which states, He saved us not because of works done by us, in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The implications are clear. One cannot earn salvation through the partaking of the Lord's Supper. Neither can one earn salvation or have their sins washed away through baptism. The Reformed view of the sacraments are important because they certainly differ from the Catholic view. And in most importantly, in its efficacy for salvation. Salvation is sola gratia and sola fide. It is by grace alone, by faith alone. It is not through what man can do. It is not through baptism, and it is not through the Lord's Supper that one attains salvation. The Heidelberg continues with yet another question. It says, why does Christ call the bread his body and the cup his blood, or the new covenant in his blood? And why does Paul speak of a participation in the body and blood of Christ? The Heidelberg Catechism provides an answer. However, it speaks only of Christ's way, not Paul's way. However, it is important for us to analyze it, and then we will look at Paul's passage in 1 Corinthians 11. The answer given by the Heidelberg Catechism is as follows. Christ speaks in this way for a good reason. He wants to teach us by his supper that as bread and wine sustain us in this temporal life, 
So his crucified body and shed blood are true food and drink for our souls to eternal life. But even more important, he wants to assure us by this visible sign and pledge, first, that through the working of the Holy Spirit, we share in his true body and blood as surely as we receive with our mouth these holy signs and remembrance of him. And second, that all his suffering and obedience are as certainly ours as if we personally had suffered and paid for our sins. Notice the symbolic significance of the answer provided by the Heidelberg Catechism. They claim that as bread and wine sustain us in this temporal life, so Christ's crucified body and shed blood are true food and drink for our souls to eternal life. So the physical meets the spiritual in the symbolic nature of the Lord's Supper. Just as we need bread and blood to survive as human beings, therefore we also need the body of Jesus Christ, which represents the bread and his shed blood on our behalf so that we may truly have what we need, spiritually speaking. The reference to the Holy Spirit in the answer of the Heidelberg Catechism points to the spiritual reality of the Lord's Supper. The Holy Spirit, of course, is the agent of our intimacy before God. Therefore, spiritually speaking, the Holy Spirit, testifying with our spirit, reminds us of this act of remembrance of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us with his crucified body and his shed blood. Second, there is a reminding to the Christ follower of Christ's suffering. His body that was broken for us and his blood that was shed in a most horrific manner. So the believer, when he's partaking of the Lord's Supper, is to draw his mind and attention to the cross and nothing else. To remember of Christ's suffering that he endured so that our sins would be paid for. Second, the Heidelberg Catechism also calls us to remind of the obedience of Christ. Here, I can't help but recollect the passage in Matthew chapter 26 of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane ready to suffer on our behalf. That moment where Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane is just one of the sufferings that he endured on our behalf. In the Garden of Gethsemane, as he is thinking about what he's about to partake of, to suffer and to have to endure the wrath of Holy Almighty God upon him, the wrath of the Father. Jesus says, My Father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. His obedience and full display in the midst of pain and suffering for you and for me. And his obedience finally summarized in verse 42 of Matthew 26. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed. And Jesus said this, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. One final important aspect of the answer provided by the Heidelberg Catechism is this. It states that all his suffering and obedience are as certainly ours as if we personally had suffered and paid for our sins. Notice, it doesn't say that as if we could because we could not pay for our sins. We could suffer but not pay for our sins because our sacrifice wouldn't be a perfectly righteous sacrifice as that of Christ. But we must remember that it was us that needed to be hung on that cross. It was you and I who deserved to die that terrible death, but Christ did it. and He paid for our sin, for the debt that we owed before Almighty, Holy, Perfect God, and He did it through suffering and through His full obedience to the Father because of His love for us. So the Lord's Supper is a big deal. 
in the book of 1 Corinthians, we know that the Lord's Supper was significant for the life of the early church. However, people were partaking of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. And that is what we have to watch out for. The Lord's Supper was accompanied by a meal. And that's what Paul says in verse 21. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? And do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. Paul was indignant with their attitude. But then he reminds them of what Christ did. And he takes them back to that one night where Jesus was with his disciples, establishing a new covenant with them so that they would be reminded of his selfless sacrifice that they should model after. People were only literally taking the Lord's Supper during that time to just bum off a meal. And Paul was saying this is more significant than just merely a meal. It is about the remembrance of the new covenant and the blood of Christ and the bread symbolizing his body that was broken for us. And Paul reminds them, and he says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is a profound symbolic act. It is a profound symbolic act, a sacrament that the church partakes in and proclaims the Lord's death until he comes. It is a, an event that is a witness to the very person of Jesus Christ. So when taking of the Lord's Supper, we should examine ourselves and our selfish motives, our selfishness and our sin, and come before the Lord humbled and grateful for who He is and what He has done for us. Well, folks, that's it for our 29th episode of the Preacher's Devo podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. And until our next podcast, stay encouraged, encourage others, and keep growing in Christ.